0: I, coming from theater, I always believed that if I was in a, a major hit, you know, number one at the box office, that that would open up things. So Ghostbuster came out. It was number one for a long time. Um, but I couldn't, some of, I don't know if the studios thought, I, I don't know what they thought, but I couldn't get arrested. And what it forced me to do was I was a single dad during that time. I had mm. two sons. It forced me to look in other areas. For the first time, I did commercials. uh, You know, I started doing voiceover, um, superheroes, and um, and television, because uh, I couldn't get a film.
1: Folks, before we start this episode, if you could do one thing, would you please hit that subscribe button? It really helps us out. We'll kick those tires and start that fake fire. It's time to virtually camp. Sometimes we can't be together, but that's no excuse not to get together. Today, we welcome one of my all-time favorite actors, a man who's brought countless roles to the big and little screen. And he, of course, is the answer to the timeless question, if you have a dose of the freaky ghost baby, who are you going to call? Please welcome the one Ghostbuster who has the physique capable of fighting paranormal activity, The one and the only, Mr. Ernie Hudson. Welcome. Hey,
0: thank you. Thank you. It's great to uh, to be able to sit down and have a conversation. Uh,
1: Well, it's been a while. It's been. I mean, the fans should know what we went through uh, to get to this point. I mean, it's it was it was a lot. I uh, there was probably some paranormal opposition here. So I uh, we folks we had uh, some. You know, it's just the rule. Sometimes when it's important, technology fails. But uh, I won't name names in case we need a sponsorship <laughs> later. <laughs> uh, but Ernie, yeah. thanks for being here, man. It's so good. Um, and it's just cool. I think uh, this is coming full circle. You met my mom uh, 35 years ago, uh, yeah. hosting telethons for uh, it was muscular dystrophy, right?
0: Muscular dystrophy. Yeah, with um, Jerry Lewis's. Used um, to have every year. They don't do them anymore. But um,
1: yeah. Now oh, that's cool. It was a small world. I love coming full circle. So a mom. This one's for you. Um, This is very exciting for the whole family. So um, we finally got a hold of Ernie, Uh, but um, well, we should, we should dive in. Um, I want to get to some deeper stuff, but I think first things first, we got to, we got to check some of these boxes. Um, So how excited are you? I mean, you have a new Ghostbusters coming out. Um, I mean, how, how cool is that to be doing something, you know, that started what 30 years ago and now is be turned into this iconic franchise.
0: Yeah, it's been almost forty years, actually. Forty? Uh, oh my out. god! Yeah, and I think it's thirty-eight years ago when the movie came out. Um, and um, yeah, no, it's great to be a part of something that people really have embraced, and um, it's kind of a family thing, you know. The movie crosses generations, and I see grandparents with their grandkids, and the grandkids are laughing, and the old people are laughing, and so this, it's, it's, it's. You know, I've done um, a number of movies that's very popular with a certain age group, but Ghostbusters just sort of covers, you know, all the bases. And um, when I meet people, I see how happy they are, the enthusiasm. And no matter where I am in the world, I mean, people just really embrace this movie. And I'm very, very thankful to have been a, a part of it.
1: You know? oh, now, I think I've heard you say this in a couple interviews, and I just think it's it's really interesting to note that, you mentioned that in the long run, Ghostbusters has been a tremendous blessing, you know, etc. But in the short term, that actually was kind of an impediment to getting some roles, which I found fascinating.
0: Yeah, it, it, I, I don't quite to this day understand why.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I
0: think the studio, when they came out with the movie, I felt they did certain things to make to make sure that I wasn't a legi- I don't know, a part of the Ghostbusters. There were the Ghostbusters and then they brought Winston in. And so, both of those movies I came in halfway through the movie. Um, I wasn't on the poster. It was like, okay, mm. you're there but you're not there. But the amazing thing is um, uh, you know, kids really identified with the character. The kids who, you know, the other guys were kind of nerdy and they were doctors and Winston's just a guy looking for a job. Yeah. And I think a lot of kids, black, white, and uh, you know, that's totally related to the character. It's kind of down-to-earth sense, and um, and I think the studio was surprised to see Winston was was as popular as he was. He was one of the best-selling toys, um, and uh, and that was that was yeah, that was you know kind of a uh, different. I, I, but I, you know, I was a little surprised that uh, but kids really identified with the character. I can't remember what the the first part of the <laughs> the question was, but
1: so, no, it's it's yeah. So it's been. You said that it for like ten years. You said after that, it's like oh, you couldn't get yeah. a role, and then you said the same thing when you did Ghostbusters two. It happened again.
0: Yeah. No. So um, so when I say the studio, I felt they didn't quite include the character. But when the movie came on, it was so big. Uh, I coming from theater, I always believed that if I was in a, a major hit, you know, number one at the box office, that that would open up things. So Ghostbuster came out. It was number one for a long time. Um, but I couldn't, some of, I don't know if the studios thought, I I don't know what they thought, but I couldn't get arrested. And what it forced me to do was I was a single dad during that time. I had mm. two sons. It forced me to look in other areas. I, for the first time, I did commercials. Uh, you know, I started doing voiceover, um, superheroes at it, and, um, and television because uh, I couldn't get a film. It took me about three and a half years of uh, weeds with Nick Nolte came up and I got that movie and then I did seven or eight movies back to back. I'd leave one set to go, go to another production and then we did Ghostbusters 2 and the exact same thing happened. It was just nothing going in film until The Hand of God the Cradle came. Um, but. And I don't know if they, people thought I was a comedian or I, I, I to this day, I don't totally understand what was going on.
1: Yeah. It's, it's fascinating. Cause you would think, and I guess that happens sometimes when you're in an iconic role like that. And, and I think you, I mean, did you have any idea? I mean, you said, you said that you, you recognized the script was awesome. Obviously I, I definitely want to hear what it was like to work with, you know, Dan and Bill and, uh, yeah, and um, Harold, but uh, you, you know, did you have any idea it would turn into a thing where grown men would dress in jumpsuits uh, 40 years later uh, at Halloween?
0: No, yeah, no, I, you know, I well, it seems like in those days, uh, and even it's changed now with all the streaming, but in those days, a movie would come out, it'd be number one in the box office for a week or two, and then we'd go on to the next thing, and you know, we're not talking about it anymore. The thing with Ghostbusters, it was number one for a number of weeks. It ran, seemed like, uh, that whole summer. But, um, and then when it sort of, you know, it it just stayed uh, with fans, it it never went away. Fans always sort of kind of embrace it. Now, the the cartoons kind of helped, but, um, and I I was surprised that five years later, uh, 10 years later, 15 years, 20 years later, People were still dressing up in their Ghostbuster jumpsuits, turning their cars into ectomobiles. Um, it, it was it was just a phenomenon that just to this day, um, if I'm traveling and somebody finds out I'm, they'll show up in a Ghostbuster jumpsuit and a backpack. And you know, I've seen people with tattoos of Ghostbusters, my character, on their bodies, which is, you know. Uh, it was a little different, and uh, but I <laughs> I'm humbled that um, that people find you know it's it's a it's a beautiful little movie and the concept, um, but yeah it, I know we had no idea I don't think anybody could have guessed that I, but I did think it would be a hit I just didn't think that it would be we'd be talking about it almost 40 years later.
1: What's it like as an actor when you see like your first and I know Ghostbusters wasn't your first, but when you see yourself up on the screen, on the big screen, is there like a just a moment? Because obviously you worked so hard and you had to go through so much to to get this. Part. And I mean, it was 10 years, it sounded like, of acting, you know, and just, you know, not bearing a lot of fruits. And then finally, when you see yourself up on the big screen, I mean, what does that feel like?
0: Yeah, um, you know, I I don't know. I It's it, it's. Yeah, it's, you know, it's never been like a a big deal. Like I kind of, oh, my God, I finally got, because I was always sort of striving mm. for something better. So even though I'm, I'm in the movie, I think the first movie I did uh, was Gordon Parks' Lead Belly. Mm-hmm. But, it, it, you know, I was always looking for the next thing. In fact, now that I'm older, uh, I really wish I had shut that critic in me up and been able to really appreciate what was happening at the time. You know, I was always looking ahead to something else. So, Mm. um, but you know, it's always nice when people respond positively to a character that you're doing. But, um, but yeah, I I was always waiting for the big break that never really came
2: Mm.
0: (laughs) to this day. I'm still looking for the big break to happen. Um, (laughs) but, um, but I've always, I started acting in uh, 1966. And um, I've always, I've, been, I've made a living. i The only, only thing I've ever done is, is acting. So I've been able to make a living for over 50 years doing what I do, but I've always been sort of looking for that time when my time would come. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, yeah.
1: That's awesome, man. Um, what was, so how was your chemistry with, uh, with Bill and Dan? And uh, I'm curious if you could share any anecdotes of, obviously right now the internet abounds with bill murray anecdotes uh, that border on the apocryphal of you know him stealing a hamburger and telling you you know walking up to strangers and taking a hamburger and saying you'll you know go on tell someone they will never believe you um <laughs> you know and then whereas dan i haven't heard from too much uh you know um but uh, i'm curious you know what was the chemistry like and what was it like working with those guys
0: well it was you know i was sort of the uh, odd man out i mean these guys who worked together on saturday night live they had um worked up in Canada, they'd known each other for years. Um, so it was almost like they were family in the mm. same way a family is, you know, they love each other one moment and then they're pissed at each other the next moment. And uh, so, and I was an actor, I wasn't a comedian. I didn't come from that, you know, improv theater. Um, even though I'd done stuff like that, but it wasn't. So it was a little bit of uh, being outside, but, and I think that one of the reasons I probably got the part is um there are many people who I don't get along with you know I mean I'm pretty pretty easy going and uh and I think that was important to I know it was important to Ivan Reitman um but I but I love the guys they were always um you know available and um and even though I felt a little excluded from the studio I never felt that from the guys and Harold Ramos was always the guy. He was kind of the glue that held it all together. So anytime anything got weird, you could Harold would always say Ernie, and he would kind of, you know, just you know explain things. Bill Murray is, um, <laughs> I mean, he's just an original. You know, he um, he does stuff that if I tried, I'd get arrested. <laughs> um, but um, but he he's the only guy. I, I used to tease him about. He's the only guy I've met who you you can't bribe. I mean, I, I there's a certain <laughs> point when I'm like, okay, how much money is it? You know, I, you know. Uh, I know that. Yeah, okay, for that I'll do this. But I think um, I think Bill is just he's, he has his principle. He has his, and um, yeah, he's just very uniquely different and funny in a quirky way. Danny is, um, you know, working with him, he's always very professional, always taking it very serious. When we set up a gag, he worked very hard to make sure that, you know, whereas that bill just sort of flows, and he was just sort of in the moment. And um, But they were all great, all very different. Everybody treated me, you know, very like family, and I feel very close to them. Uh, Sigourney Weaver was always truly amazing. Uh, we were, at, I guess at Yale, uh, grad school around the same time, but, um, but I just, I just love her so much because she is genuinely who she is, you know, and I've always appreciated that. Um, so it was a great, great group, but the guys were always, um, yeah, just, just having fun. We had fun and you know, I'm not a practical joker. So, um, but, um, yeah, you know, it, it was great. I mean, And also, I'm not the kind of guy who, you know, gets on the set and hang out. And I don't drink, so, um, you know, I'm not, I've never been, you know, uh, one of those guys who beyond the work, uh, spend a lot of time together. But, you know, I'll grab dinner if I run into Bill Murray or Danny, you know, if it's time to grab dinner, but I'm not, uh, I'm not going over to the house I, you know, I, I don't hang out that way. It's just me, and I don't I don't know how to to do that. I don't know how to invite myself.
1: Oh um, well, yeah. <laughs> I feel like you. I feel like with Bill, you just be like, "Hey, I'm coming over, man." You know, but uh, just see what happens. Yeah, no, yeah.
0: Billy's, uh, yeah, Bill. He would. You see, but but uh, there's a sense of um, you know freedom that me. And I don't know if it's because being African American. Um, I can't just walk up in somebody's house without people being alarmed. You know, I have a good friend that we will be in New York and he'll just we'll go to a restaurant. He'll go in the kitchen and meet the cook and he'll just just assume that it's the world is his. Hmm. Whereas I'm a little bit, you know, uh, I think being a kid. I was about seven or eight years old. I was in a store and. I was about to leave, and I was accused of stealing something, which I, I, I didn't. So the security guard came, and it was, they made a big deal out of it, and they, they searched me and patted me down, and it was really embarrassing because I, I I didn't have anything. Um, and then they kind of apologized afterwards, but hmm. I've always, and I think a lot of um, uh, blank people feel when we're, you know, because people will assume. So a lot of times I'll be in a place where my hands are, I don't dig in my pockets for something because I don't want to give the wrong impression. And now, you know, I I know better, but I'm always a little bit aware. Um, But, and I always admired that freedom that Bill Murray would have, you know, we'd see fans, he'd walk up to women and grab them and hug them and joke. And, you know, I, I, I wow. <laughs> I'm, um, you know, cause it was a different time. It was before B2 as well. So, but, uh, and, and, and people just a lot people would, um, you know, drive down the street and slam on their brakes and jump out of the car and boom, wow. run over and people just loved him and he embraced people, um, in a way, but he always had a freedom that I never really felt that, mm. um, that I could afford because I, you know, I'm always aware that somebody might misinterpret, yeah, um, you know what I'm doing. My wife always tells me, um, you know, i tell people when you're joking because people um, don't always know, and um, yeah, so wow. uh, yeah. But the, f- I, yeah, but I, that's I gotten do gotten better.
1: My, do you feel that's I'm, do you do you feel that you have? I mean, that's interesting. So that's interesting you felt you haven't had the freedom per se, you know, over those years and less so than guys like, you know, Bill. And, uh, do you feel that over time that, you know, that's changed or and still a long ways to go or,
0: well, it's, it's changed uh, somewhat, but it's still, there's still a long way to go. Just in terms of, I think for a lot of people, you know, uh, I've lived in places where I'm definitely in a minority, um, you know, communities, uh, there are a lot of communities where they don't even come in contact with, uh, black people or
2: mm-hmm.
0: diff- people different than what they are. So basically they get what they see on TV and most of the representation certainly for American blacks is um, the negative. You know they see these stories about you know the home without a father or somebody's on drugs or somebody and that if that's what you that's what people kind of expect. And so when I move into it I buy a house <laughs> I've, I've been at my house, and uh, somebody you know would come and and ask me as an owner here, and I'm like, dude, you know. So, there's always a little of of that. I was shooting a movie years ago. I think we did Lead Belly. Uh, we shot it in um, just outside of uh, Austin, Texas, um, and I had a great time. Everybody was really nice to me. The uh, you know the, the people, the whites and the Community and and I was telling my brother who would travel with me and I said man you know the people are really nice honey I've noticed you know the you know the, the share everybody's like really cool and he said yeah for you try being me and hmm. over the years we'd go places uh, and we're the only ones there people are very nice to me because I'm in the entertainment business and so they recognize me from something hmm. but when he's on his own. It's a whole different kind of um, response—a certain uh, kind of protectiveness. Um, that, uh, and I would always, when I move into, I bought a lot of houses over the years, and I think it takes a while for people. Who are, I'm not, I'm not asking for anything. I don't need to be invited to the party. I'm very self-sufficient, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I'm not trying to borrow any a cup of sugar. I'm, I'm, I'm good, <laughs> you know, and when people kind of relax and realize that you're not there to take something, whatever that is, uh, they're, they're just much more open. But, um, but I think it's, yeah, I think it's gotten better, but I know when I first started acting, uh, I knew if I went into an audition and I didn't make somebody laugh, um, the chance of me getting that role was not very good. I had to kind of go in and, kind of put people at ease i don't think my friends who weren't black felt that way um i also felt that and i was in a pretty good physical condition but if there was a woman in the room who complimented me complimented me on my physique or whatever i'm probably not going to get the role so it was always a little bit of um a little bit of awareness, not so much where you just alter your life, but but aware that it's a little different, um, you know, situation and that that just natural freedom to just flow and be uh, is it's yeah, you, you never kind of get past that, And um, I think probably any, you know, it's like when uh, the police will stop you now, we've seen a lot of the police stuff, but I know that I can't just speak to this guy. The way say my friend would i know that i've got to be very i got to read the signals i can't you know do anything that could be confusing and that's wow. kind of unfortunate not kind of unfortunate. it's very unfortunate
1: yeah it is and it's uh yeah i guess we have a we have a long ways to go still um i uh but as, as long as
0: we're willing to understand that uh we have a long way to go and we're willing to go what the problem becomes is uh that people who are resistant to and want to go back. And I'm like, dude, I can't I can't go back. But um, because when, yeah. So I, I think that's, for me, that's the problem. As long as we know that, yeah, we, we can improve, we can get better, you know, um, then we're, then it's not a problem. You know, we don't have to be all the way there, but know that we're on this journey for, you know, to become better human beings. But when I see people so locked in and resistant to to change um, and want to hold on to a system that's unfair, that becomes a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, well, it's it funny. I was You mentioned people compliment you for Zeke. You're like, I'm not going to get the part. I will say, I remember those, Like, I was going to ask, you know, man, what was Ernie's uh, fitness plan? Because I was like, man, dude, like, I was like, is it... Uh, Egg whites? I mean, is it a uh, Jack Elaine or what's the, what's the, what's the secret man? Cause I was like all the other ghostbusters, I mean, they're, you know, Egon aside, he's doing what he needs to do, but I mean, you know, Bill and Dan great, you know, but yeah. carry the pack, but uh, you know, Winston, I was like, Winston's got the guns, man. You know, so well, the, were you a big it's, fitness it's, buff, man?
0: You know, it's I, I have a son who's been doing martial arts since he was three uh, loves to work out. He's, he's 56 now, but he, he, he loves the gym. He lives in the gym. And I've always admired that because I don't, I, I hate working out. Um,
1: really, you know,
0: yeah, no, God is, you know, if, so I can't take credit. I can go to the gym and work out for a week and, and I'm feeling pretty, pretty good. You know, most of the trainers, I felt like I, I looked like I was in better shape than they were.
1: And that's what matters. Um,
0: So I never, you know, and I'm an actor. I don't have to be that. I just have to look that way. That's
1: right. So, um,
0: yeah, no, I. uh, But you know, I'm always aware that I can't let things get too far out of hand. Certainly, things when wait, you know, whenever over the years I felt like, oh no, 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 I'm not going to be that guy. So I would, if I, I would go on fast. If I have to stop, be whatever I have to do. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be, you know, that. I, so I, i'm always aware and i do a little you know basic you know stretching or you know push-ups or whatever to try and uh but i'm i'm not um i don't spend a lot i have a it's funny i have a big gym in my house but i don't spend a lot of time there so
1: that's funny. that's a sa that's a more a ceremonial gym you know yeah yeah <laughs> a, de- I a decorative a, little- a decorative workout room <laughs> <laughs> yeah awesome.
0: no, i know just you know i always go if Yeah, I'm going to do that someday, you know, if I want to, I know it's there, but the reality is uh, Um, uh,
1: (laughs) that. I have to ask, uh, just because it is Halloween time as we're recording this, etc., and uh, obviously you have some iconic lines in there with some, you know, some end time shit. Uh, I'm curious, you know, you're a pretty spiritually aware person, and uh, I know Dan is, uh, in particular, I keep calling yeah. him Dan, like we're, we're old buddies, Dan and I. Right. <laughs> but uh, Dan, you know, in particular had an interest and fascination with a lot of the supernatural. And uh, I'm yeah. curious, you know, have you, you know, either prior to or doing that afterwards, have you ever encountered anything sort of, you know, otherworldly or sort of Twilight zone Have you ever had a moment that you're just like, ooh, like that's a little like, you know, raise them eyebrows, you know?
0: Well, you know, I find it interesting because a lot of these um, uh, ghost hunting groups sort of came after watching Ghostbusters. Really took it seriously, and so you see all the people come up and say, yeah. "I got, I, I hunt for ghosts after seeing Ghostbusters when I was a kid." And uh, but I grew up in a family that um, believed very seriously in in ghosts and spiritual things and visitations, and so you know. You didn't play with it, you know. So, "Oh, it'd be fun. We're gonna go." I'm like, "No, I don't want to invite any ghosts to come visit. I'm good." (laughs) Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, my life. I've had things that I can't explain, and I felt, you know, probably the. I've told this story before, but when I was maybe about seven years old, um, we would always hear this. uh, We were in this this house, and we would hear things moving around. You know. And uh, my grandmother who raised me would go to church and leave me with my brother who was three years older. Um, But as soon as she left, he would kind of leave the house and go hang out with his friends. So I was there by myself and would always freak out because I I hear somebody upstairs. And um, there was a a stairwell. You couldn't see who was on until they got to the landing. But I heard somebody moving around upstairs and then you could hear them walk to the stairs. And they started coming down. You could hear the, you know, it was, was, and I just freaked out and uh, ran out of the house. And uh, when my grandmother got home uh, from church and I'm sitting out there in the dark, freezing on the curb. And, uh, but when I, when I ran out of the house, I, I, I looked back and there was a window right at the top of the stairs and there was a woman there. And it just kind of, it, it not kind of freaked me. It really freaked me out. I mean, I saw this woman just a moment. She was like standing there, staring at me and I. So I, I was sitting out there, and my grandmother came and said, "No, try to get me to go back in the house." I'm like, "No, I'm not. No, I I, I don't want to go back. I'm not going back." There's, you know, uh, and uh, and then she said it was my mother who died when I was three months old. That my mother was always looking. Out for me and and guiding and protecting me, and that was my mother. Um, but if she would never want to do anything that made me uncomfortable, and if I didn't want her uh, to appear or be there, that she would she she would honor that and she wouldn't, and uh, so she wouldn't bother me anymore. And uh, and I'm like, yeah, just I don't want to, you know, because. <laughs> You know, I'm, I'm a hard pass. You know? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, but no thank you. Uh, and um, wow. and I never, it never happened again. Um, but I've always felt, you know, the presence of, and I've always, in my career, I've always believed that I've been guided by, you know, that universal force, it may include my mother or whoever, but um, because I never had the answers to figure things out on my own. I've always known that, I believe that if you do the work and prepare, an opportunity out of wherever would, would come. But um, but yeah, no, We uh, I remember a lady, she would speak in tongues. She was an old lady who was kind of a, I don't think they called her a witch, but she was, people were a little bit afraid of her. Yeah. And I remember one day at church, she started saying, the you know, the Lord was going to, go through this place and, and he was going to you know people want to die and it was like she just freaked everybody out and she uh-huh. was naming names and those people started dying and it was like
1: uh, wait, so, like she called out people's names and then like later on you yeah, would full on yeah, in a short period of time yeah
0: it was like this sort of and so i go yeah i don't want to find the ghosts or whatever uh,
1: I ain't afraid of no ghosts. (laughs) Oh man, you got to call Ray Parker Jr. Man, Uh, y'all are buddies, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, I've known Ray. Well, actually, we met um, doing Ghostbusters. I think we had that little dance down the street. Yeah. Um, And uh, he's uh, for the longest time he was a a neighbor of mine. I've since moved away from that where I was living, but um, yeah, I I really like Ray a lot. He's a great guy very talented musician. I mean, just a, just a good human being.
1: Oh man. That's, a, that's a song. Um, And that Are song you...
0: is so iconic. I mean, it's,
1: it's so just, good. You know, I, I was yeah. listening to it on the treadmill earlier today, just prepping, getting in the right headspace, you know, but I, I love that. I mean, it's a jam and I know there's a discrepancy and I love Huey Lewis too, you know, and yeah. I know that, uh, but that's not Ray's fault. That's the studio's fault. And uh, you know what? I, I play it for some of my producer friends and I go, I'll say, listen to, I want a new drug and right. we listen to ghostbusters. And what do you think? And yeah. they're like, Ah, and like, yeah, there's a little like baseline in the back. Like, I could see it, but it's right. like, you know, come on. Yeah. Should,
0: you know, well, it's, it's interesting that uh, Huey Lewis, who I'm also a fan of, um, they won that lawsuit. Yeah. But the lawsuit was against the studio. Yeah. And so I think the studio wanted Ray to uh, say, well, since, you know, you should, Ray, like, no, oh, dude, I'm not in this, you know, so, um, yeah, so, you know, it's, there's so many similarities, and you, sometimes you get an inspiration, you don't know where it comes from, so I know there was no intentional or whatever, uh, but but you're right, in the bass, you can barely hear a little kind of, but, but the song, I, of course, you know, people, where I go, um, I, I've heard it so much, but I, I still love the song, I think it's, it's great.
1: Well, I think you told a story, too, that Ray had that as his answering machine at one point.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It like um,
1: leaning into it. I like it. Just, right. you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh you know, just embrace it. And I I heard the song probably has made nearly as much money as the movie has over the years because it's used so much. Um Dang. and it's so identified with the film, um, that uh I think even in the, the movie that Paul Figg did with the the Lady Ghostbusters. I don't know if they really wanted to use the song, but I think it's so identified with Ghostbusters, you just have to you you have to include it, you know. So
1: well, I was so I loved the trailer for Ghostbusters for Afterlife, but I was waiting for just a few keys on the piano, right? Like it just, I thought. I mean, obviously, I've made zero trailers and made you know no major motion pictures, but I thought, oh man, if they had just like strum the guitar, like anything to into that? i was like oh the audience would have gone nuts you know yeah, just to, yeah. just to get you going you know
0: well i think the studio is aware that um it costs money you <laughs> yeah, know? It's a, so,
1: fair use man right <laughs> so, yeah you know and gray is like hey you know so uh
0: and wow. I, I look at his house and i go oh, okay that's what uh, that's what ghostbusters song bills. i mean he's i know we're in the wrong I'm business so man we it.
1: need to yeah we need to come up with a you know just theme song for something else you know <laughs> right and um uh, Man, yeah. I, all right. So let me ask you, so your grand, you going back, just cause I'm blown away at this, your grandma's an extremely spirit, was an exp- extremely spiritual woman, right? Yeah. An extremely a devout Christian, right?
0: Yeah. Very, very devout. Um, but you know, she had church. a
1: framework for a, a woman dwelling in your a spirit in your house. That seems to be a little incompatible, you
0: know? Well, no, no. It's a, because I think some of the, maybe the modern, but you know, when you Pentecostal, um, churches you know it was very tied into spirits and and all that and uh, I remember we would go visit my aunt um, in Elgin Illinois which is a suburb uh kind of a suburb of Chicago we'd go there and we spend a few weeks um but they lived in this really abandoned sort of kind of um warehouse it used to be a huge factory and the front part of it they it was like an apartment they uh, they occupied, but the rest of the building was like really abandoned with all this metal, um, and it was maybe, I don't know, six stories high. It was this huge building, and um, my brother and I, we were we would climb up to the top, you know, and we, we were doing all kinds of stupid stuff, and my grandmother showed up out of nowhere, and um, she said, I'm, I'm coming to get my kids, and my aunt was saying, like, why? They're not, she said, no, my mother... Appeared to her one night and said go and get my children they're they're in danger and uh, she we didn't have a car she got somebody in a truck to to bring her from michigan to illinois and got us and me and my brother we talked about it because my uncle had uh some guns and we would sneak the guns out and shoot them and put them back before he got home from work so we we're doing a lot of dumb stuff but um but I remember her coming. She wasn't playing. It's like no, they're they're coming home. And um, wow,
1: that's so interesting. So. I mean, I I because I, I I I know a little bit about like Pentecostal uh, traditions, and it's interesting because in modern you know Christianity, it seems that like there's zero tolerance for any sort of spirit or the occult or anything. But it seems like like it is fascinating to hear like because I would have been like oh. I mean, most of my Pentecostal friends are like, hey, there's a woman upstairs moving stuff around. They'd be like, well, you know who we need to call, <laughs> so, Ernie, and uh, and also your local exorcist. Um, but it's yeah. interesting to hear that there's like a, a framework for sort of a benevolent, you know. Yeah,
0: because um, spirits weren't oh, thought of as, as necessarily uh, bad, that we're always connected. I think the African tradition as well, you know, you honor the you know, your ancestors because they're, they're alive and, you know, and so it's not just the evil ones coming to, we see in the movies to, you know, snatch your life or something. We, you know, they're, we're guided and uh, overlooked and um, and in traditions where you speak the names of your ancestors, you know, the whole, you know, the way to, the Mexicans, you know, honor the day of the dead and because it's not a negative thing it's a it's 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 who we are you know you you let go of your physical body but the spirit is always you know always there even though we can't so we can't experience it with our five senses but you're always aware but i also believe that you you can turn that off you know you can just say nope i'm just deny it and but if for people who open themselves up to those experiences they um but most people's like even if something really strange happened they go that didn't happen um there's you know it's got to be a reason it was just um you know so um wow. but I, I i do believe there's something beyond our five senses you know i mean if it if we can't experience it with our five senses then we just think it doesn't exist but you know we found a lot of things that we couldn't you know experience that is there you know and uh and i i think that's that's a part of it i think we're we're more than what we appear to be certainly these bodies you know, but that's just my belief but um i i have no doubt that uh, there are things going on that that also influence who we are and how we are in this life experience um Like I said, most of the things, the opportunities that have come along that have helped me uh, didn't come from places. I mean, I'm working, I'm expecting it to come from over here and it would come out of nowhere. I mean, it's, we're all connected and, um, and somebody, you know, uh, someone's like the guy who owes you money. He doesn't pay you money, but then someone will come up and present something to you that, um, that's life changing. And Mm -hmm. So I don't, uh, I I realized early on that I didn't have to figure out. I just had to be very clear about what I wanted. Most people I talk to, they, if you ask what they want, they don't know. They can tell you a a million things that they don't want. They hate this, they don't want that. But They say, well, what do you really want? That's a little bit harder to find. But when you know what you want and you ask, the universe responds. It's in the Bible, it's in all uh, traditional religions. Asking and is given, but you got to be clear with the asking, and um, and I th- and I know you know growing up poor in the projects, uh, and we were as poor as I guess what you can get. Even though I've never ever felt a lack of love, so I never really felt poor. But um, you know, my grandmother's belief that there is a presence that looks out for me is. I know why I am where I am because I've never doubted that. I mm-hmm. I, I know, uh, I know who I am, and uh, and I know that if I bring the truth and the best of me, um, that it responds. So, and and that's always been there. There's never been a time. There've been times I've been disappointed, and certainly, um, you know, the Bible says, "Put not your trust in man." I, I never I never trusted this industry um to even want to invite me in but I believe that the 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 universe always found a way and mm-hmm. uh, and I trust that you know.
1: yeah, i I saw you gave a talk uh, a while back and you quoted and I, I hopefully I get this correct that your grandma said that God is everyone's father but not everyone mm-hmm. knows that yeah, uh, yeah. I'm watching out for that and I thought that was so cool considering that yeah, because your father died right when you were very, very young, right? Well, my,
0: my mom died when I was three months old, but she got pregnant um, away in East St. Louis. And the family had moved to Michigan. But when she went to East St. Louis, she befriended a lady who she stayed with. And the lady uh, contract the lady had tuberculosis. And my mom, when the lady got really sick, was there taking care of her and she contracted tuberculosis. And when she got really sick, while she was carrying me, she had this disease, and tuberculosis was like the number one killer uh, back in the, the early '40s. So she came up north to be with a family to give birth to me, and um, I was born in December, and she died uh, in March. Um, but so, because she was away from the family, nobody knew who my dad was, and um, so it was always a big issue with me, like why don't I have a father? Because even my friends whose father didn't live with them, they at least knew their father. My brother, who's a half brother, um, he knew who his father was. But um, I didn't know, I, I, I didn't know. So my grandma, her thing is, well, God is your father. God is, you know, and that's who we all are. But it's like having money in the bank, you you have to know it's there to be able to call upon it, you know? so. Uh, as long as you know, then you don't have to take a back seat to anyone. You don't have to, you know, uh, you're whatever you asked for, you're worthy of. And so I've never questioned that. The biggest part for me was figuring out what I was going to do. But um, in terms of, um, you know, I mean, it's we are all we all have that. But uh, a lot of people, even when I say that, um, don't believe or think I'm nuts to say God is my father. I'm like, "Well, oh well, God is their father." It's like, "No, no, I'm, you know, whatever, I don't know."
1: Man, that's Yeah, cuz you you mentioned too, that you've talked about um, you know, I think you mentioned praying boldly and how you were just, you know, a- and asking and you know, it's you know, the Bible says, you know, you have not because you ask not and that you yeah, you know, I think you made a joke earlier that earlier you were just praying to get by. And you're yeah, like, no, 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 I've actually, if I can, you know, cause if you get an ask, might as well make it a big one. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. You know, when I decided to become an actor, I mean, I, I saw a play and oh my God, I was so blown away. And the, I, it was just too big of a prayer to even, that I could possibly do that. I mean, it's like, I mean, it was, and then I took this, um, uh, I, I needed an elective. So I took this acting class and when I walked on stage, I just, I was at home. I just knew that, Hmm. I, this is where I belong. I just, you know, and so my prayer was, okay, God, just let me, just let me do this for a living. And I I'll honor it because I think when you're given something, you should honor it. You know, it's not it for granted. I'm not going to show up late for work. I'm not going to show up unprepared. Um, you know, I will always give thanks. And, um, and from that moment, like I said, I've, I've always made a living as an actor. I never I was talking to some friends, Joy Mantegna, uh Joy uh, uh, Joy Pans um, uh, uh Tim Daly. We were all having dinner, and they were talking about different jobs they had along the way. When things were tough, they worked as I've never had to do that. I've always been able to make a a living. But in saying that prayer, sometimes I think, well, maybe I should have asked for more money. You know what I mean? I was <laughs> saying, just I just want to work. Maybe <laughs> I should say, you know um you know, what you asked for, but just to be blessed to be able to,
1: yeah.
0: to do this um, is, uh, you know, and I'm still, you know, just so, this business has been very, very good to me. And a lot of people will come up and say, you know, they will find fault, any you know, there's so much more to do and so much more to go through and they don't have this for and they, and they should do that. And I'm like, you know what? I, I really can't complain because I've always, you know, I mean, I've always found a place in the industry. I'm not saying that it's not, but but I've been very, very blessed. And um, mm. so I'm not, I don't have any real criticisms uh, and, I, and I don't think because I'm so good, you know, at whatever, but I think I am good at what I do. But I, I do trust the universe to to deliver.
1: All right. So it's been I mean, you mentioned you, had, you, you did this. You mentioned you had a 56 year old son and uh, we'll grant you had uh, children at a very young age. So that we will right. we'll, we'll put you some, you know, let the listeners do the math if they will. So right. you, you've, you've seen a thing or two now, right? Um, yeah. All right. So, looking back now over four decades of, of acting, and uh, what are what are some of the biggest observations or life lessons that you feel have kind of crystallized over the? That's a big question, but uh, like it's been yeah. I'm just curious if, if something has emerged over the training, like man, that has proven time and time again true. And I would go back and I would tell young Ernie, man, hear me out on this. You know.
0: Yeah, I think um, like I said, I. I you, you grow up and you believe that what you have isn't enough, that you want something bigger, better. You have this idea of, if I, you know, you see people and you kind of go, man, if I had that house or if I had that car or, you know, then I'd be happy, that would be my happiness. And so you're never really quite happy with what you have because you're always thinking I should aspire for something more. Even if it's something that you really love, You think, well, you should have more because people think you should have more. I think for me, I would have really, to understand that it was okay to love what I love, to like what I like, to not mean I might like something, but it's not the right brand or somebody might not approve. My wife and I have been together for 45 years and it took nine years. And part of that was, you know, she wasn't the one that people felt that I should be with and I kind of you know that it was okay to love now I'm at this stage in life where I I'm so appreciative and so thankful for her being in my life and I just I wish I could have accepted I could have saved myself a lot of time Uh, you I grew up in a way where guys you know I was taught this is how you get a woman this is how you're supposed to be this is what being a man and I was always trying to to do stuff that really wasn't me, that I wasn't really comfortable with, but I felt that's what I had to do because that was being a man.
2: Hmm.
0: And uh, and I kind of go, you know what? I I wasted a lot of time trying to be this that I never was to begin with. You know, it was, you know, um, to just allow myself to, to love what I love even though somebody else might not approve of it, or somebody else might think, "Oh, you should have." And being an actor, a lot of people come out. Oh, you're an actor. You ought to have this. And usually, I can't believe you don't have that. I'm kind of go. You know what? I'm good. I'm. I, I don't. But it, it it took me a while to, um, you know, uh, to understand that a long while.
2: Mm.
0: And um, and I, I like I said, I think I wasted a lot of years behaving sometimes badly. But doing it because that was what I, I felt you're expected to do. I see sometimes people get into the industry and they'll they'll kind of uh, be outrageous, and I kind of go why? Because they believe I'm an actor now, so I'm supposed to have this attitude. And I'm like, no, that's the that's thing you're doing, you know, um, you know, stopping production or running off the set. And I'm like, why are you behaving it? Because now i'm in position this is what you're supposed to be you know and um and, you know you're supposed to find that part of you that's genuine and, and 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 love that um i know there was kind of a but that's kind of where i've I mean, been a lot of things i look back on but um and there's some things you know you, you look back on and you kind of go you know i'm glad i understood certain things I I have my two older boys um, when my marriage ended they came to live with me and the one thing I wanted more than anything I didn't grow up wanting to be an actor or whatever I don't think I had any job in mind but what I wanted to do more than anything was to be a dad and of all the things I've done in my life I think I think I was a good dad I know that did everything I knew to do. Now, I realize you can't control what happens to kids, but I know that I was there. I know that Mm. in a way that nobody was ever there for me. And I wanted to be to, to, to make that difference. Um, so yeah, my career, I kind of go, maybe if I had done this and whatever, but I know I've been a good father. I, Mm. I really believe that now. I don't, that's just me. My kids might agree with that, but I know in my heart I've always done the best I could.
1: Is being a parent? I mean, I, I'm now at the age where a lot of my friends are having kids now, and I just you know, there's a line from Parent Trap. You remember that movie with Keanu Reeves and uh, Steve Martin? And it was it's like, and Keanu is like, you know what? You need a you need a license to fish. You need a license to hunt. You need a license to drive a car. But they'll let anybody be a parent. And I'm thinking about that, going. It's fun seeing all my friends who are brand new, and we, you know we're so hard on our parents, and then we go wait you have you this kid pops out and then you get what 24 hours and you take it home and it's like and the docs like good luck yeah yeah and you do and you rinse repeat into that four times you know
0: yeah yeah no I think um but I, I think there's um something that I understood because maybe because I didn't have a dad is that you know till death do you part it doesn't really apply to a mate because you can always get a divorce. You can always say, hey, you know, you're, we're all responsible. I'll see you later. Good luck. And But when it comes to kids, it really is till death do your part. I mean, you've got to show up and you got to be there. You know, you got to make sure. And it, it it pulls out the best in you. There were times when i go into an audition and, um, and, I, and I felt like I didn't do a good job, I'd go, wait a minute. Let me do that again. I need this job because my kids have to eat. I can go without eating. I can You know, a lot of things I'm willing to, if I have to, I'll sleep on a park bench. But my kids are never going to sleep on a park bench. And and I think having my children demanded that I be a better person. Mm. Um, And I see a lot of guys who, you know, don't take that responsibility, walk away from it. Um, And I see a lot of people feel that I won't be able to do this because, but kids... It, it makes you more, and mm. um, and I'm 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 so thankful that I didn't run away from that because I could have said, you know what, I'm not taking the kids, and because um, I came out to L.A., we I didn't have a place to stay. You know, I really they had no money. I got two boys, but um, I knew that that my kids, you know, they're not going to suffer because I was telling my kids, you know. <laughs> the difference between me and you is you have me i didn't have a me in my life so i'm yeah i'm i'm, I'm yeah i wow.
1: i love hearing that it's just because you know it, so basically what you're telling me is all the sleep deprivation the uncertainty, the colds, flus, and other ailments that you'll catch because they're going to just give that right on to you. It's right. all worth. It's all oh, the diapers, the crap all over the place, the throw up, and the and the ruined vacation. It's all worth every minute of it.
0: It's worth every minute of it, but don't do it because you think you're going to get a, a, a payment or even <laughs> appreciation because they may grow up and 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 blame you for anything. I don't care how good a job you do. That's right. It's it's. We all have this struggle, and um they'll my second son, he told me about something where it was just awful, and I did this awful thing, and I go, well, what I do with it? I know I didn't hit him or anything, and he said, no, it was the way you looked at me. <laughs>
1: so oh, we're screwed then, well, I guess, yeah, you know what, and yeah, well, just remind him how many hours of sleep you uh that's my biggest fear with kids is that I I, the other day I had to catch an early flight and I had like four hours of sleep. And I know some parents like I would kill for four hours on one night and I was like, it was, I'm like, how do people do this? Like this is, yeah. this is about, yeah, every, no, everyone it's, says there's a gene that gets activated. Like when you look at your son or daughter and you're just like, there, there's something that was like unlocked that you're like, I will yeah. die for this person. I will um, do whatever I have to do. It's not about uh, Ernie or Ryan anymore. It's about right. this person.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think so. You know, my grandmother, I mean, I, you know, wasn't, you know, I mean, she was my grandmother. But I don't think there was ever a time in my life that I doubted that she would she would lay down her life for me.
2: Mm.
0: And she would step in front of a bus if it meant protecting me. I, I just always. You know, and I feel that way about my wife now, <laughs> whether she'll do it or not. <laughs> you someday know, she, she might push out.
1: you in the bus right there <laughs> <laughs> but i believe she would i mean
0: i i i i feel very blessed i don't i've always been felt loved mm. i meet a lot of people who maybe never felt that um but it yeah it's it's something being a parent you're more of and like i said the kids will grow up and they all my boys are different they not even close to being alike, but, um, but yeah, there, there, I see my oldest son and I get flashes of when he was a baby, you know, and I'm holding him when I, you know, first brought him home from the hospital and, mm-hmm. um, that's always there. It's always a part of,
1: Oh, that's awesome. You know. I, uh, all right. So I have to ask you now too, uh, you know, you have enough experience now, a little marriage wisdom. I am curious. Um, uh, with your wife. Uh, do you remember your opening line? Did you have some cool game? You know, was it I'm curious y'all's story. Uh, she was a flight attendant, right?
0: Yeah, she was a flight attendant when we met. Um, I had I was doing a play in um, in that theater had a downstairs was this nightclub. And um, there was a <laughs> there was a, a girl lady um, who came to see the play and was um, in her cousin was in the show and she wanted to meet me and i met the girl and i really wasn't particularly interested and so i but the girl was kind of persistent and so um uh, i'm sorry to so my cousin came to visit me and then I got a call from the girl and her cousin saying, can we get together? And I thought for my cousin's sake, because maybe he might like the girl. <laughs> so we decided to meet at this, this, this nightclub. And so I go in the nightclub and when I walk in, I see this girl sitting at this table and uh, I was just mesmerized, I guess. And so um, we, we go in and I, I said hello and I started talking. And I sat down, and I, I was there the whole night. And the girl that we came, because I told the, the one girl that uh, I, I'll meet you, but I only got a little time because I'm writing, and I, I can only <laughs> say for a few minutes. And, and I said because they were really upset. Uh, but now she likes to tell people that she's a re, she introduced me to my wife. But, um, yeah, we just kind of hit it off. And, and my wife had... Um, she seemed to be really clear on her commitment. You know, she never seemed to waver. She never—I never felt that she questioned. You know, there were times when I questioned. You know, I was like—it took me nine years to propose marriage. But
1: nine years. Yeah, nine years. You know, was I wow. married
0: uh, before to yeah. my older boy's mom?
1: So you got married I at eighteen, was, the first first time, right? Yeah,
0: first time. Yeah, yeah. I was um, I was eighteen. Okay.
1: Naturally, there was some probably reticence to uh, jump back in again because you had to go. Oh, it
0: was it was, you know, when marriage works, it's a wonderful thing. When marriage doesn't work, it's a nightmare. And um, (laughs) and it was not a you know, it was not a good marriage. We you know, we were basically kids. Uh, I was 18. She was 16. And um, we we were, you know, and as we start to grow, we were. It was we just clashed a lot. It was, and I grew up in church believing that once you say, you know, I do, and you make this vow before God, yeah. that's it. You know, there's no more choosing. You you got to live with that choice. So I never felt like it was okay for me to end it. Um, and and I I would ask her, I was just working for you because of if we both agreed to end it, but she never would admit that. I'm like, yeah, because you're crying an awful lot, so it can't be fun. So, uh, and then, um, but then it finally came to to an end. So I thought I never want to go through that with uh, ever again. But um, but my experience with my wife now has been totally different from that first marriage.
1: All right, so Ernie's wisdom now, having had the experience of getting married young and not having any clue what's going on. And some people make it work, right? Some people. I mean, historically, people got married, you know, sure, young, and yeah. they got it. And I, I know people got married at, you know, twenty, and they're forty years later. It's like, wow. And then others get married. Yeah, I've, I've noticed too, because I, I've seen some people uh, now. My some of my friends in their mid thirties get married later, and they're a little more set in their ways, and it's a little. Uh, there's less yeah. of the kind of puppy puppy love, like doughy eyed. It's sort of like, all right. this almost like a business partnership slash romantic relationship like how are we going to make this work he says <laughs> opposed right, to yeah. i love you i'll never love anyone else you know right, i've got eyes yeah. only for you and everyone i talk to says that lasts for a time and then uh, you realize like actually every every not every but most guys i've talked to um are my guy friends they'll be like yeah there's that there's always that moment where you're you get you get married and there's that thing that you didn't notice during dating and I, i'm sure the wives have the same thing and they're like oh i missed that in the screening <laughs> process and that's that ain't going anywhere you know
0: yeah yeah no you're right it's um yeah and they say uh, it was in the beginning the wife's an angel and the guy's a devil but as you get older it switches you know <laughs> and so as i get older now and i was never really that affectionate you know like uh, you know we're gonna hold hands and we're gonna do this whatever. But as I get older, I want to express how much I, you know. And every time I try, my wife's looking at me like, what? Really? So, <laughs> so but I go, you know, I just want you to know just how much I just, I just love and appreciate you. And she's like, mm. okay, that's nice. Thank you. You know, um, you're, like, you're so, kidding me? that was good stuff right there. That was one take. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and honestly, back in the day, I never could imagine me being that guy. But um, you know, but it's
2: kinda of go, yeah, no, know,
0: I'm it's okay for me. I, I give myself permission
2: mm-hmm.
0: to um to say, you know, I really, really miss you. I would, you know, certain things I would never do. Now it's like, you know, um yeah, I'm I'm much more
1: You're a softy now. Affectionate. Yeah, yeah much was, more affectionate now. And wanting to
0: hey, I'll even call friends, and go, you know, I just want you I just want you to hear your voice, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you know, all that stuff, you know.
1: Oh well, that's awesome. I mean, so on that note, um, this is probably the greatest podcast you've ever done. Then, right? I mean, historically, this is yeah. You,
0: know, you know what? I mean, it's so I was able to open up. That's right. I just love you know just yeah. and pour out my heart. I just no, want to give you space to
1: yeah. I want to give you space to just you know adore and honor. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, Dan, Joe, coming for you, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So. As far as picking someone to go i love getting uh marriage advice from people who've done it and been you know been around the block and know a thing or two but uh, what would you say now after years of marriage you say hey this is uh this is how ernie hudson this is my advice to you how to pick out a mate
0: yeah i think the most important thing is 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 you know finding someone who you really like and your friends friendship someone you can be friends with because when we have our friends, I mean, I got my, my my buddies who we're friends, but they'll do something really stupid. But it's like my friend is a stupid guy. He can be stupid, but he's still my friend. You know, I'm committed to him, yeah. even though he kind of, you know, uh, not always smart, but he's my friend. And with our mates, sometimes we're not as uh, allowing, you know, I mean, they do something really stupid or something that I go, I can't never forgive that. But I can forgive it in my friends because it's my friend, you know. And I think that is the most more than all the love and all that stuff is this to be to be my grandmother. She was my friend. I could talk to her about anything. We did talk about any and everything. But um, you know, my wife, I, I we we can talk. We talk. So I think the friendship and a lot of people, you know, because you see someone and they're really attractive or they really, you know, you respond to them. And you think that's not going to last, you know that. You know suddenly you'll notice things that is there, but you just missed. Um, but my first wife had polio as a child, and her mm-hmm. left hand was a bit deformed. I never saw that. I didn't see it until we were married. I'm like, really? When did and we were dated for <laughs> a year. I because you you see what you want to see, but but I think the friendship and friends Hmm. allow friends to grow up. And I think the reason that my wife and I are still together is because she allowed me the time to grow up. Um, I don't know if I would have been as patient as as she has been, Hmm. but, um, and I know that my first wife and other women that I've known um, would never have you know, they would have left me a long time ago, but I think if, when you're friends with someone, you know their heart, you can see their humanity, and you know this person is worth the weight, worth the uh, forgiveness, mm-hmm. worth, y- you know, who they are as opposed to who you want them to be.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and you want them to, you know, be this thing and then you'll be happy and they're never the thing. And so you never feel like you're happy. Um, and also, there's something else I'd say is um, don't rely on anybody else to um, to 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 make you happy. That's something you got to do for yourself, you know. So, you know, my wife is like, okay, I'm good. So, you know, <laughs> so how do I help you to be good? I mean, what do you need from me? Because if it's about opening doors, I'll open doors. I don't because I'm going to be I'm going to be I made of my mind to to enjoy this life experience and. And, you know you might go through things but if I can assist you but um, yeah you have to really de- count on you got to find your space that's not dependent on anybody else behaving a certain way you know, I can only be happy if you understand me if you listen to me Nah, you got to find that within yourself I think
1: that's awesome Last family question I have, and then I'll, I'll let you go soon. I have a couple more. We have. I have a couple more current events questions for you. But uh, do you uh, do you have any traditions with your sons? Any father son traditions y'all do?
0: Not as much as I'd like, and we used to. You know, we uh, with my older boys. I'm a single dad. I will say raising my two older boys as a single dad is a whole different experience than raising the younger two with a mom. Yeah because kids depend on mom. I mean, they'll be with me and something happens. It's like, mom, I'm like, dude, I'm here, you know? So, um,
1: <laughs> No, we got, that. We, you know, we, need, we need mom on this one. <laughs> right. So the, uh, but we
0: would, uh, every Sunday we, we, I, I'd say we, we'd have church, uh, and I don't go to church. I'm not one. I'm not a very religious person. Uh, but we, uh, we talk about everything. You know, we'd share everything. And I would say, okay, in this space, you're allowed to, you know, and there was, nothing was off limits. And I'd be as honest as I possibly could, even things that were kind of uncomfortable, we're going to be, I'm going to, you know, so, uh, and we still do that. I I still communicate with them. My two younger boys is a little bit different. We don't talk as much, but, um, you know, I, I, yeah. So I don't know if we have a tradition, you know, I talk to each of them at least uh, once a week. I've always, from the time they were born, it's never been more than seven days, we're going to at least talk on the phone or whatever. Um, But oddly enough, and this is, uh, I'm almost embarrassed to say, as close as I am with my boys, being a grandparent is not as... You know, I don't know. I'm not sure if I'm very good at that. I see a lot of people say, oh, my grandkids, and they move next door to them, and they just want to babysit. You know, my whole life I've had kids. You know I mean? I never bought a pair of shoes without making sure my kids had shoes. You know I mean? They always came first. So now they're grown up, and they're men. I'm like, this is my time. So my grandkids call and say... Hey, Grandpa, we're we going to come and spend the summer. And I'm like, uh, you know, maybe a couple of weeks, but uh,
1: because... Grandpa's got tea time. You yeah, know,
0: so. I, I need time to be... Uh, so, and maybe because my grandkids always lived in different cities than I do, as opposed to growing up next door. But but I, I just wish I was maybe a little bit more yeah. grandfatherly, you know.
1: Well, you got thrown in, in baptism by fire, man. You got thrown into the gauntlet. I mean, it was like... it. it it's funny, You, I, I look at even my 20s, but I had a lot of time to just figure things out and like kind of, ch- I mean, you at 18 were just like already, you know, married and then starting that, you, basically you started adulthood real fast.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, um yeah, really. And, you know, I, and I, and I also would, I wish I was a little bit more reaching out and had a mentor or someone who I could, my brother was always, but my brother was, I was sort of looked out for my brother because my brother was a wild, you know. What I mean, he would uh, and I, he'd go through changes, and I'd kind of. Oh, I was always, you know, I was I was always the younger brother who was a big brother. Um, but um, yeah, you know, I I. And I'm anyway, I'm not saying I, I mean I've had my my times my but. Um, but yeah, no. I, my, and my kids i think they were there certainly the two older boys they probably raised me as much as i raised them i mean mm-hmm. you know I'd, I'd go to an audition and i didn't get it and come back and so frustrated and say dad 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 sit down and uh, um rocky get him some water and they say, now what's wrong and they would, they would <laughs> kind of talk
1: me down tell us that we hear you no we yeah. hear you <laughs> yeah and you know dad
0: you always told us that it's gonna work out and you know and it's okay and they put their arm around me and oh. um When we the first year, uh, I tried to be Mr. Mom. I tried to cook and I tried to do all this stuff, and they hated my cooking. (laughs) So, and I and I never really had a, you know, desire to do that whole. When I was a kid, I always had a job, and so my grandmother always took care of everything. So I never really had that domestic and after a year they said dad you know uh, we know how to cook mom taught us how to cook and so they started doing all the cooking and most of the shopping (laughs) um so we kind of you know grew up together i guess
1: oh that's awesome man well this is such good stuff and i i'm so excited uh for uh, ghostbusters coming out uh, which is going to be it's just cool to reboot that and uh have have fun! What an amazing you know franchise that is. I'm curious. Has anyone talked to Rick Moranis in a while? Do we know what he's up to?
0: Well, I know that the studio really, really, really tried to get Rick to um, come aboard. Um, and Rick uh, made up his mind, uh, as far as I know, that um, he was out of the business, and
1: yeah. he hasn't
0: waved. He's the only guy I know because most people would walk away, but then. They're enticed to come back, but uh, he's held to that. So, um, I, you know, I think he's doing well, but um, yeah. He,
1: All right. Well,
0: he left the business. So, you know, I
1: know. I mean, he was, uh, I mean, his account, his role as the accountant um, was, of course, you know, pivotal. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. No, he was, yeah. He was,
0: he was great. And, and he's a wonderful actor, but
1: oh, he is. He's um, amazing. Yeah. Um, what, so what are you working on right now? What are you excited about? Uh, what can we tell, what should we let the folks know that you're working on and stoked about?
0: Well, like I said, during the, uh, the pandemic, uh, I went to the Cayman Islands, shot a movie with um, Nicholas Cage, one of those action movies. I got a chance to sort of do a little fighting and shooting and um, which these days, I know I'm always somebody's dad. So it was kind of nice to be in the action you know, even though they kept saying, Ernie, you okay? Can you, I'm like, dude, I got this, you know? Um, so uh, it was called Retirement Plan. And um, it was really a lot of fun working with him. We, my youngest son is a watchmaker. And so me and Nick, he loves watches. I mean, he collects watches. So we, we shared that. And then uh, a while back, I did this uh, movie in Vegas with um, Brian Cox, who's on Secession. Oh, he's and, amazing. Uh, he's 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 wonderful. He's I first worked with him on Oz. He directed one of the episodes of Oz. Oh, really? And uh, Kate Beckinsale uh, called the Prisoner's Daughter. Um, and so I think that's um, that. I'm not. I don't know when these things are going to be released. Um, and then I just got back from New York doing um, a couple episodes of this show called A City on a Hill. Um, that the guys who produced uh, Tom Fontana, who created and produced Oz, uh, it's his show uh, starring Kevin Bacon and um, um, I'm blanking on his name now, but it's a great, it's a great show. And um, so that was, that was fun. Uh, But yeah, you know, I just, I stay busy, very thankful. And going up to Canada to shoot um, a, a movie uh with um woody harrelson we did uh, the cowboy way together years ago so it'd be great to to get together with him again so it's coming up in a couple of weeks
1: man woody harrelson but, uh, nick cage brian cock i mean this is uh yeah. you got some some talent there man
0: yeah no i've been blessed and you know i came out to la and i got a chance to work with betty davis and you know, I've worked on a film with uh, Lawrence Olivier. We didn't have scenes together, but uh, meeting him and wow. uh, Ricardo Montalban and just uh, even now working with Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin.
1: I mean, I just feel so. Oh, Lily so, Tomlin uh, is one of my, uh, one of the funniest, just charming. I mean, she's amazing.
0: And she's so down to earth and so amazing. Um, and I
1: just had so much fun,
0: uh, you know, playing with her
1: um that's awesome yeah oh that's great that's great well congratulations too on um when a new ghostbusters comes out are you like oh here we go again you know or are you like actually is it like at the stage now where you're like i'm just pumped like this is cool like
0: yeah no i'm excited mainly because the fans are excited about it you know and they've been so supportive over the years and uh so yeah i'm 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 looking forward to it i think they're gonna love it um for my son's birthday the studio um gave us a screening of it and uh, it's amazing oh so, so um great. it's really and i was so happy because uh, i wanted to you know you kind of go i hope it's good yeah and um and you hate to talk about something when you don't really believe it but this is really good and oh, that's uh, I think great. the fans will
1: be very very happy that's great when's the last time you drove ecto one
0: uh it's been a while i think last time I, I actually drove the car they came to my house for some promotion and we took it up to hollywood um and the thing conked out
1: oh really <laughs> so yeah
0: it would always break down it wasn't uh oh Ecto- what is
1: ecto-1 built on what is the uh what is the chassis it's or... a,
0: a 59 um cadillac limousine oh okay so you know at um uh, but yeah, no, it, it, uh, we, when we were shooting, it would always break. That would get it running long enough to get the shot, and then it would break down. So,
1: oh, that's a shame. I told, I wanted to pitch the studio on an idea guys, why don't we do a DoorDash in Ecto One or have Ecto One pull up to Burbank Airport, have the Ghostbusters try and go through TSA? I would be curious, do you check the packs? You know, do you tell them that you have a, whatever you call a thermonuclear device, you know, sure. to go on there? Does the ghost trap, does x rays violate that? So, it'll be really, you know really interesting yeah.
0: well a guy, a guy named brian fear he's a prop maker out here he built me a backpack that's amazing i mean better than ones we had in the movie but uh, i was going to a convention and i tried to carry it with me and they opened it up and they the guy was just freaked out I'm like dude have you ever seen ghost busted is a bat? i mean it's uh he was like well what is this three two one ready i'm like no it's it, it's it's not gonna you know you know, and every once in a while I meet somebody who's never seen Ghostbusters. So he just happened to be one of them. But,
1: well, I'm yeah. so excited for this movie uh, and I'm so glad it's great. And uh, it's, uh, it's just such an honor to get to talk to you. And I love I love the depth uh, that you bring to everything. And uh, I just love your uh, your optimism, especially your just uh, openness to you know the miraculous and kind of what else going on there. I'm, I'm personally taking away that I shouldn't limit, limit myself. To what i ask for uh and uh and give myself permission to love what i love you know yeah, absolutely good, yeah good message for us all man right.
0: well thank you ryan it's been a pleasure talking to you um, and uh, i enjoyed it so absolutely. thank you for inviting
1: me. absolutely man well next time we're going to get you camping in the actual bus and we'll get you uh and actually because for that one i was actually going to dress in a full target with selling ghostbuster uh uniforms <laughs> and so i was going to actually insist that i show up in one but uh well, well if you do
0: it I'll, I'll bring my jumpsuit and uh do you still have one we'll have fun. yeah yeah i have my jumpsuit for the movie so
1: oh there so you we'll go man fun. all right well that's that'd be fantastic <laughs> I, would, I would love that well folks you've been listening to i went camping with with the legendary ernie hudson and we will talk with you soon thanks so much Camper.